thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel and Eduardo, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Labor 10, the slaying of Cerberus, guardian of Hades. The light of life must now shine forth within a world of dark, the great presiding one declared. The teacher understood. The son of man, who is also the son of God, must pass through gate the tenth, he said. Within this very hour, Hercules shall venture forth. When Hercules stood face to face with him who was his guide, the latter spoke. A thousand dangers you have braved. O Hercules, the teacher said, and much has been achieved. Wisdom and strength are yours. Will you make use of them to rescue one in agony, a prey to vast and unremitting suffering? The teacher gently touched the forehead of Hercules. Before the latter's inner eye, a vision rose. A man lay prone upon a rock and groaned as if his heart would break. His hands and legs were shackled. The massive chains that bound him were tied to iron rings. A vulture fierce and bold kept pecking at the prostate victim's liver. In consequence, a trickling stream of blood flowed from his side. The man uplifted his manacled hands and cried out for help, but his words echoed vainly in the desolation and were swallowed by the wind. The vision faded. Hercules stood before, as before, at the side of his guide. The shackle one whom you have seen is called Prometheus, the teacher said. For ages he has suffered thus, and yet he cannot die, being immortal. From heaven he stole the fire, for this he had been punished. The place of his abode is known as hell, the domain of Hades. Unto Prometheus, O Hercules, you are asked to be a savior. Go down into the depths, and there upon the outer plains release him from his suffering. Having heard and understood the Son of Man, who was also the Son of God, embarked upon this quest and passed through the gate the tenth. Downward, ever downward, did he travel into binding worlds of form. The atmosphere grew stifling, the darkness steadily more intense, and yet his will was firm. This steep descent continued long and long. Alone, yet not alone, he wandered on, for when he sought within, he heard the silvery voice of wisdom goddess Athena and the strengthening words of Hermes. At length he came to that dark and venom river called the Styx, a river that souls of the deceased must cross. An obelisk or penny had to be paid to Charon, the ferryman, that he might take them to the other side. The somber visitor from earth affrighted Charon, and forgetting the fee, he ferried the stranger across. Hercules at last had entered Hades, a dim and misty region where the shades of better said the shells of those departed flitted by. When Hercules perceived Medusa, her hair entwined with hissing snakes, he seized his sword and thrust at her, but struck not save empty air. Through labyrinth paths, he threaded his way until he came to the court of the king who ruled the underworld, Hades. 
The latter grim and stern, within threatening mien, sat stiffly on his jet-black throne as Hercules approached. What seek you, a living mortal, in my realms? Hades demanded. Hercules said, I seek to free Prometheus. The path is guarded by monster Cerberus, a dog with three great heads, each of which has serpents coiled about it, Hades replied. If you can conquer him with your bare hands, a feat no one has yet performed, you may unbind the suffering Prometheus. Satisfied with his response, Hercules proceeded. Soon he saw the triple-headed dog and heard its piercing bark. Snarling, it sprang upon him. Grasping the primary throat of Cerberus, Hercules held it in his vice-like grip. Goaded to frenzied fury, the monster thrashed about. At length, its strength subsiding, Hercules mastered it. This done, Hercules went on, and found Prometheus. Upon a slab of stone, he lay in agonizing pain. Quickly, Hercules then broke the chains and set the sufferer free. Retracting his steps, Hercules returned as he had come. When once again he reached the world of living things, he found his teacher there. The light now shines within the world of dark, the teacher said. The labor is achieved. Rest now, my son. Welcome. Bienvenidos. Bienvenido. <laughs> Benvenuto. That's all I got as far as worldly welcomes um, to the Another Self podcast. I am Eduardo. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And very excited to talk about the 10th labor today. I have gone back and forth and, you know, I know that we try to time every single one of these discussions with the season that we're in, but this is one of those I'm telling you right now that has hit me so deeply, a lot like, um, I want to say a lot like cancer did. Uh, when we were reading through cancer, I remember thinking like, okay, I can relate a lot of these points, but this one right here has been just a, a roller coaster. And I, I really like the story itself. You know, sometimes when I study the actual labor, yeah. um, it's short and to the point and you kind of have to like sift through and find out where the macros are from the micros, um, in the story. But in this case, it's just really all there that I felt, you know, not necessarily just close to it with the story and the labor, but also the depicting of it or the dissecting through it rather um, was very telling. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot that I want to talk about in regards to this sign of Capricorn. And I know a lot of people can, you know, jump in on this conversation and say, oh, you're going to miss this and don't miss that. And there's just a lot to unfold. So what I'm going to try to do today is to stick to the labor and then just talk about the labor, um, you know, as the story goes from top to bottom here, um, with my notes correlating to that. So forgive me if I interrupt or if there's something that I want to go back and talk about, you know, I'm yeah. going to jump back into, but it's one of those that makes me want to, um, you know, really go deep with, uh, how this was written and how it's interpreted. Um, but also again, we want to save it a lot for part two. So, um, that's my intro for that. And I think we should just go ahead and get started. Yeah, man. Capricorn, this sign, we're, we're really kind of, it's when we kind of look at Capricorn, when you kind of connected it with cancer, it really is the second gate and it's the gate into initiation. And this is all about the physical experience and the heaviness of this physical experience. Mm. Um, Capricorn is going to, really test us 
just like Hercules gets tested. And so I'm excited to kind of go through with this, break this one down, and then uh, talk about this unique, mystical, very mysterious sign when we kind of talk about Earth and we're really kind of getting into Earth magic and the depthness that we find with Capricorn that we all can relate to, which is kind of that separation sometimes we feel. Um, and even loneliness, like this is this yes. is a heavy experience. And we start to learn about the true father and there's really, it's so necessary for the spiritual student to partake on this, but we're ready for this because we've gone through these uh, the last nine labors that we're, we're ready to embark on this journey up the mountain. Yeah. Uh, well said, man. I, there's, there's a moment or two where when we were breaking this down, I like that you talk about it in regards to its loneliness. There's a moment or two when you're reading the labor, I should say, where, you know, it just, it just hits me as much as I hope it hits everyone else that, you know, this is part of that initiation that is described in, in a lot of this in, in the, in the labor and separation from matter into, into the soul, uh, into spirit, into understanding what that really represents. And I think it's, it's, you know, obviously we talked about this last year, I believe, or one of the episodes where we described that energy that comes from, um, Jupiter, uh, prior to, and moving into Saturn, making us feel, this sort of, you know, disengagement to this jovial energy, we were all kind of like, just so, you know, we're just riding that giant wave. But then, you know, at one point you realize, you know, when you surface out of that, you know, uh, excitement, you kind of realize, you know, there's no one left. Um, there's no one around. And as dark and as cold as that may seem, and we'll talk about that, you know, it, it propels you into a state of wanting to not only investigate and go deeper, but it also sort of heals that void that you're feeling inside. And mm -hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people that I've met throughout my life that have, you know, done something for themselves and not so much correlating to just Capricorn, but just something that has propelled them into a new phase in life or a new, um, you know, venture. If you talk to them, there is this lonely and dark period they went through for an extended, extensive period of time or just a period in time that made them go as far as they can go. You know, it kind of yeah. knocks down the fears of, you know, failure or what could be or what, what I could have done, um, you know, better. All that just sort of gets muted. And I think that that's really powerful within this sign that, you know, as, as lonely as it feels, that loneliness is what's going to take you to the next octave. It's what makes you want to go there rather yeah. than just like ignoring it and thinking, you know what, well maybe next year or maybe another time. It's just sort of like, if you don't do something right now, like this is just going to keep getting deeper and sit and make you feel lower and lower, you know? So. Sure. Well, we're starting to deal with different vibrational forces because we're really moving from the personal archetypal experience to the collective. And so you're feeling the loneliness of all of human consciousness since yeah. the beginning of time. Um, you're feeling the fear, but you can also experience the love, the grace. It's all about the vibrational fields that we kind of tap into, but that's why we're going through initiation because we're starting to learn the incorporation of the whole, mm. of the collective, and we're moving into that collective consciousness. So we have to experience the same shadows that we found in the personal consciousness in the first nine. And now we're kind of moving on to connect with that collective. So you're right, it, it brings in a heaviness that's not even personally attached to you sometimes. Mm. And that can be very difficult, confusing. This is really what the dark night of the soul is compared to 
when we talk about like the incorporation of the greater, the later steps of alchemy. And this is where we really like merge with these universal archetypes. And we're going to kind of see that you, you kind of have to go and see the high, the complete hierarchy of vibrations that are available in these archetypal energies. And there can be some scary stuff just like he does when he travels down to hell with Hades. And so, so crazy. we're going to meet that. And we're also going to meet the angels. And so, yeah, this is, this is a great one. So let's well, do, should we just kind of make our way in? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, I like how you said make our way in because yes, let's, I, I want to pick up right there um, as we descend into hell, you know, so obviously Hercules has, and the rest of us have passed through this Zodiac wheel and now moving into this duality, right? We got the, the number 10 representing the two numbers, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, we don't have to get into that just yet, but I do like that, you know, it really took me by surprise. You know, I've tried to not take sneak peeks into any of the, um, labors. I try to just be like, you know what, like I'll wait until we study it. And it's been very helpful to go that way because then you realize like you didn't realize what was coming. You didn't realize that he had to go this, this path. And so as soon as the labor starts and he has to descend into hell and not only descend into hell, but also go and save somebody, um, it kind of just like took me back a few, a few steps if you realize, okay, well, he probably is prepared for all this, but what does that look like? You know, what right. does that preparation look like? So let's, uh, let's start there, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the opening line tells us everything that this labor entails and what we're supposed to incorporate from this. And the idea that the light of life must now shine forth within a world of dark, And that's talking about form. That's talking about the cube. And this is really starting to connect to us the true light rather than the false light. And this is something that comes with initiation. And we will further discuss this in topics with Gnosticism, like the Tibetan Book of the Dead. But this is is wisdom for not only this existence. This is actually what kind of comes next and the wisdom that we're supposed to take into the afterlife to kind of continue this journey of self-unfoldment. And there very much is this understanding in this discussion that you will get tempted with the false light. Mm. And the false light is something that we're going to learn is the idea that what we kind of learn from Saturn ultimately in this whole discourse of the 10th course is that the true source of life comes from the void. The light is the effect. And so Saturn's going to teach us that. It's going to teach us the wisdom of the void and what comes from chaos and the potential of chaos and why we kind of have to understand chaos's role in this whole evolution of ourselves. Um, And so when we kind of talk about this inner light, it's really talking about the true source of creation, which emanates inside of all of us. And this is what we're going to kind of reflect within the fun house of form, which is ourselves. Right. Right? Because this is really the last dance we have with the vessel. This is our last dance with earth. This is where we learn earth magic. It's like the mastering of this form comes in Capricorn. And the mastering of that form is realizing that the light of creation burns inside of you. And it's going to be your guiding light through the, the rest of this process. And so this is what it's really looking for is we're not going to find the light in the external. It's going to come from within. And it opens up this line with that as it this light now has to shine into this world of darkness. 
well, that's form. And we're going to descend deeper and deeper into this and denser and denser into this form as we make our way through hell on this journey. So keeping that inner light lit, that was so amplified and Sagittarius, mm. right? It was just so expansive. Well, now we're in the winter, we're saving that light and reflecting it off ourselves and we're letting it guide us through the darkness. Hence this journey that we're kind of embarking on. Yeah, that's well said, man. I, I really, I like the way you, you put that as far as keeping the light within in order to reflect it and have some sort of guidance um, through this dark period. Because again, it's very easy to get lost. And again, when he goes into hell, you know, he doesn't really, or the, the, the tale doesn't really describe him having any hesitation as far as going there. And why should he, you know, he shouldn't have any hesitation. He understands what the journey has been thus far and knows that even in its darkest hour, you know, he will prevail. You know, there's mm -hmm. no, there's no real questioning about that. And that's something that is very, um, not just profound, but also very encouraging for all of us to sort of take on, you know, this, this, uh, separation from you know form into into soul and understanding like what it means to go and to be a spirit of of light you know i i think that what you just said about chaos and, and you know how you know this chaos will breed the the true um you know not just necessarily just magical uh substance that we are but it's a representation of the chaos that exists out there in the macro and the above that we need to just be comforted by rather than being afraid of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people are afraid of not feeling, um, you know, uh, sort of not subtle, but I, like it, there's, there's no, um, there's no clear path except for the one that you can create, but you can only create it from understanding like why there is a chaos within it in the first place. And once you have a, uh, uh I think like a feeling of, of, or a lack of fear rather from that chaos, you know, you'll, you like Hercules or like the man who walks through this journey will be able to enter into the depths of hell without having to have, you know, any kind of, um, doubts. Sure. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so he goes down there, um, <laughs> he goes down into hell and, you know, he's not just going into hell, you know, to meet with Hades, but, or even the, um, the three-headed dog, which is Sephiroth, but he's there to, you know, free a man and a man who brought us uh, light, you know, to humanity, a man that we've talked about before, which is Prometheus. But uh, you want to start there before he crosses the river of Styx? Yeah, absolutely, Ben. And, you know, when we kind of connect to that first line, one of the other things that we're going to see is the great presiding one makes a statement the teacher understands it immediately, and then we see Hercules actually go to action. And so what we're also seeing here is the unification of the trivium. As I think, so I feel, so I act. We have that connection of the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, and the superconscious mind. Nice. Kind of like the conversation that we're going to have with the lover's card coming up on our, you know, our next tarot series, something that we've had recently. Well, we're, we're seeing the unification of this. We're seeing the binding of consciousness. And now this is very important because what is what does this sign teach us is like the separation. Remember the rings of Saturn? It separates, it pushes things out. It doesn't, mm. it can't get close to the other planets. So there's this feeling of isolation. Well, we have unification in the separation. And this is something that we're going to learn through Capricorn. It's so essential to thinking, feeling, and acting in unison 
activating that superconscious to help influence the conscious actions. And so we we're starting to see that there's less of a discussion between the presiding one, the teacher, and Hercules. Yes. Yes. Does that I'm make sense? It's yeah. all streamlined now. And this shows the maturity that we've all gone through to make it to the 10th place. Like mm-hmm. this is this is earned through all of those past experiences of connecting to our personal consciousness. And so we're able now to face collective things like hell um, because we're unified we're protected. We've we've gone through that ninth stage, and now we've made our way to that tenth. So we're in a completely new equation of experience, and that's what Capricorn kind of prepares us for. But it's it is very terrifying. But you know, we we also have this unique aspect of we have this like action that takes forward, but the teacher doesn't even speak it. He touches Hercules' forehead, touches him right in the third eye, and he sees the vision. And this is also connecting to this Capricorn, because as we morph more into this archetypal collective, we are able to perceive inner realizations and visions, downloads, um, insights that were not available before we were tuned in to this collective frequency. Now, again, if you tune into the collective frequency on a really low vibration, you're going to get low vibrations back. This is also what teaches us about like traveling up the mountain. It's just like, you know, you really learn what demons are um, and what angels are and the hierarchy that kind of comes from mm-hmm. that. Well, it's it's all about where you're tuned in on your frequency, right? And right. so this is this is something that we're going to kind of see, but this this idea that he was able to give him the vision of who we're going to save, which is Prometheus, right? And he can see all of it. Well, we can all feel this. We all feel the pain of Prometheus. We all feel the pain of taking the light of creation and struggling with that fire and being, you know, prisoner to this form rather right. than the liberation from this form. And so this is an experience that all human consciousness has. So we know this inner vision. Like the, the teacher is touching us all on the forehead at this moment, and we're feeling it, and we're kind of going through this. And that's where it's going to kind of go on this journey, but that's what we're kind of looking to kind of kind of connect to there. Um, but very fascinating, like when you kind of think about the evolution of even how the, the labors are instructed to Hercules, right. we're seeing a different experience here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't even, um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you went all the way to the top and, and, and I'm glad that we didn't skip through that because it's a very powerful moment that we see in, in the unfolding of, of his labor and what he has to do going through the 10th gate. But there's not even really a, a discussion about whether or not he'll make it to Hades and come out of Hades. Like that's already assumed that it'll happen, you know? And, and so I really was very comforted by that, that there's no like, Hey, you know, beware, you know, you could get lost in your, in, in their non-physical form while you're down there. You might be, you know, faced with these challenges. It's not really so much that it's so much more like you already know what you need to do yeah, and you will, you know, come back into this realm when you are done and that's pretty much it as far as like his encouraging words. There's no real, you know, and so I, I appreciate how you talk about, you know, where he gets touched right there on the pineal gland, right on that third eye, right on that, like, you know, where, where truth really lies. And again, once you start the the story, it's already comforted within you that, you know, you know, he'll prevail. And we all know he's going to prevail, but you know, sometimes when the words are heated, you're just like, uh, 
mm-hmm. is this, where's this going to go? What's going to happen? Sure. Um, and we're dealing with father energy here. There can be no failure. Like it's not the mother nurturing, mm. like you're going to be okay. It's father. Like you got to get this done. There's right. no choice. The family's not going to survive if you don't get this done. Um, we're in the 10th house. We're in the Saturn. This right. is the boss. This is, this is the father. Cancer was the mother. And we all can experience this. And again, you know, even thinking the traditional role of the parent, when we think about separation, traditionally, the father's been separated from the family because they work and they do these things. The mother is the nurturing role in that connection, that intimate relationship, and the father sacrifices it through separation. Now, this can be switched in the family. Totally. The mother could take that father role, but it's still an archetype that we're attaching to. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so... um yeah, this Saturn, like Capricorn is the sign of like, rub some dirt on it. Like there's no, there's no, there's no failure is not an option here. Um, you have to proceed through this. You're not going to, if you don't go through hell, you're going to get stuck. Right. If you don't like, if you don't let go of what's heavy, well, you're going to be carrying bricks and you're never going to get out of there. And the father energy needs to come in and be stern. And that's why it's so difficult. And this is why it's such a a sign of internal fortitude that needs to be created because creation knows how strong we are. We're the ones that attach to our weaknesses and we're the ones that recognize these, what we perceive as shortcomings. And that's why we feel this kind of heaviness. And so, yeah, I love the, the confidence that's given. And they even tells him like, you've got wisdom, you've got strength. Like, I know you could do this. Um, but you're going to have to use everything that you've explored so far and learn as you go through this process. Absolutely. You know, and, and this sort of firm, um, you know, uh, it says yet, and yet in the story says, and yet his, his will was firm. This firm attitude that he has is something again, that is very comforting to know that he's come this far and then he knows what he needs to do. But, you know, just like us walking through this entire journey and back to what you're saying with, with the roles between cancer and, um, Capricorn, as far as the father and the mother, um, and those roles, you know, it's true, you know, you must face this darkness for yourself in order to prevail. Um, but being told by a more, um, assertive, uh, personnel is is very helpful rather than being sort of coddled and told like you will make it it's going to be okay it's like this isn't the time to be mm-hmm. reminded that you already know deep inside and you have to pull that out on your own you have to go as deep as you can go in order to come out and rise up to the top of that mountain and that's what you're seeing here as he descends into hell yeah um so yeah so i i think uh i know we, we took a a little bit of a turn there i was going too fast i think i was already excited by uh, is it, go ahead. Well, no, that's, I think that's pretty normal for this one because it's about form. There's three giant stories in this mythology and uh, through this actually interpretation that we went through today, it really much lets you dive into which one you wanted to investigate. There's right. so much in this story that it actually doesn't go into much detail, but different tellings of this mythology, some go very much into the conversation with Hades. Yeah. Some go very much more in detail into the traveling on the river of the sticks. And so I, 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 everybody gets excited about one part on this, you know? Totally. And so it's, it's a good thing to look at. Um, and um, yeah, man, it's just, you know, really interesting too, the vision he saw of Prometheus. And that is huge. Like that, the idea that he saw this inner struggle 
of all of us with the trapped light within material form, you know, and that's what hell is. It's the divine light trapped in the material form and feeling this pain and seeing the struggle. You know, Prometheus is is chained, he's shackled, he's enslaved by iron rings. Now, when we kind of think about Saturn, we have to think about that other malefic planet that goes with Saturn, and that's Mars. Well, what does Mars represent? That's like the will, that's the intensity towards life. That represents the metal iron. So our will and our intensity of life has actually shackled us. We've actually become our own prisoners here. Um, and this is the the false understanding of our actions, the false understanding of our true purpose, of what we're trying to actually divinely point that will towards. We're all just kind of running in circles, and we're not like directing this in a constructive, unfolding matter. And so he's imprisoned by this. And we can see that, we can feel that heaviness, right? We can see how our actions actually imprison us, our attachments imprison us. And he's, not only is he shackled, but he is getting pecked by vultures, right? In the liver, which is going to have its own kind of significance. Yeah, crazy. Um, and again, liver, if we think about correspondences, like liver and vultures, there is some unique correspondences there. They're both about purification, right? They're both filtering. One's doing it in a different way by like decay, eating the decaying animal, but it's filtering it through the process. So, you know, it's all about that circle of life. The liver kind of works the same kind of way. Um, but the liver, like if you even think about the word, the liver, like liver, what is liver the root of? Live. Live, life. Like the liver is life. This is, you know, when you get born, you get delivered, right? Life has now descended, day, like D-E, descending down into form. That pure consciousness that you came from has collapsed down into form. And there was actually this lowering of your connection to the collective. You were delivered into your pod, right? And so it shows the idea of the limitations of life within form. The liver is, the life is struggling to express itself in this cold, hell-like reality that we find ourselves in. Because, you know, Hercules doesn't have to travel that far to find hell. It's part of this experience of the the trade-off of individual conscious exploration and involvement to kind of make our way back. Well, it comes with heaviness. And this is the heaviness that we're feeling with Prometheus in that that liver that's getting pecked away by that vulture, you know, and, you know, so many things we can think about with the vulture, even just the idea that it attacks the weak, you know, so we can see a lack of the will, we can see a lack of the strength. Capricorn is all about discipline, 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 discipline. And so when we lack strength and when we're weak, we're going to get eaten alive in this reality. I'm glad you said that, man. You know, this is a, this is a five sense reality jungle. Things want to, you know, things right. are bigger than us. Our, our skin isn't very adapted here. Like we're relatively small. Like it's our consciousness that like has allowed us to have this, this like social evolution and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of dangers here. And mother nature is eventually going to eat you. And that's also part of this process, this understanding that there is this terminal aspect about you. There is an expiration date, but there's also something inside you that's eternal, that doesn't actually even remember waking up here. 
it's it feels like it was connected to something before it. It doesn't have an end. And we spoke about that, that eternal fire that burns within us. And so this this Capricorn is is exploring all of these ideas, the heaviness of life, the limitations of life, pain, suffering, you know? And what we kind of learn in Capricorn is we're connecting to the collective suffering. And in Capricorn, it's that same father energy that's like, you think you're the first person who's ever been sad? You think you're the first person that's ever been lonely, right. defeated, forsaken? Are you kidding me? Like, this is everybody's experience. Everybody feels this separation. Everybody feels this heaviness. Everybody feels like they don't, they're lost and they're just like aliens in this world. Well, everybody does. We're alone, but we're alone together. And we're all, and it's this interesting thing of like, everybody feels this. Everybody feels like they're on an island a little bit. Absolutely. And so, you know, Capricorn, the good thing about that is learning the house that this is in for you. So you can see where you might think you're on the outside, but you're actually very connected to these people and you want to serve. Capricorn is about serving the connective, collective community. It's of service to consciousness, but it's, it's so interesting. We try to serve, but we also feel so disconnected to it. Um, and we show it like the shackles, the pain and everything that kind of comes with that. If that makes, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's, and, and there's so much to unfold of everything you just said. So, you know, thank you for that. Um, but the collective consciousness that you're talking about, you know, the, the idea that only I is, is the one that's suffering or I am the one that is lonely the comfort that comes from such discomfort is that we're all on it together. And when we have that realization, it's only then that we create that power, that energy to move forward as a whole collective unit. And so I think a lot of people don't feel that way. They think, you know, they, it's very rational for us to compare ourselves to the person that stands next to us in front of us or behind us and say, they're not going through the same thing that I'm going through. So I think everything you just said in regards to, uh, you think you're the only one that is feeling this way. You're very wrong is very important to take away from this whole conversation, you know? And I think that you know, once again, the story gives you this um, affirmation. It gives you this comfort knowing that you do have what it takes to be the hero in this journey that has to be dedicated, disciplined, and firm through the depths of this darkness that you're in right now. And I think that when you read this story, you can feel that because it, it skips over over so much um, tumultuous uh encounters you know again none of the things that he's facing while he's in hell while he crosses through the river sticks while he faces you know hades while he converses with hades and his whole purpose is to just free from those iron shackles you know so he's he's very focused into what he needs to do rather than just sort of being swayed or uh pushed around by the um temptations of lower consciousness that are going to come his way to you know either defeat him or set him back uh, in a place that, um, we know he's, he's not ever going to go back, which is, you know, down to a very lower, lower side of its, uh, self and to this, like, um, this place that we've already conquered th- through this entire journey. And so again, what I love about this story is it's giving you, um, sort of this boost, this sort of insight of that you have this actual, um, discipline, what are you going to do with it? In which direction are you going to go with it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the responsibility of you chose this. Right. You are the one that looked down into form 
and fell from universal consciousness. Like you, you chose it. That's what Prometheus is. You stole the fire. Right. So you wanted to experience this. And so this is, you know, this is part of, part of that experience is what we're kind of going through here. And yeah, of course you have the strength to get back because you are, are of it. You know, you are part of universal creation. Um, that light is burning inside you. And that's why this is the, that's why Prometheus can never die right. because this is the eternal flame. Absolutely. But does the eternal flame, you know, struggle with not getting proper expression and form and feel pain and suffering because of this? Absolutely. That's what suffering is. It's the lack of the expression of that flame of true consciousness and life emanating out. And so we do, we, we feel this heaviness that's kind of coming through. Um, but there is a direction, there is a purpose. And in the 10th stage, because we're an initiate at this moment, like this is the hero, like Neo knows who he is. Right. We're going to see that as he goes through how, and we're going to see how we kind of kind of transverse that as we kind of make this way through and make this way through and down. There we go. All right, man. Um, well, you know, this is, this is the part that I know we've, we've been kind of circling around as far as, you know, descending down into the depths of this darkness and this void and this, you know, place that, you know, um, you know, I, I like how it says that the atmosphere, uh, is stifling and the darkness steadily more intense. And yet his will was firm. Again, I, I know I brought that up earlier, but that that's that part where it's, it's very comforting to know that even if the atmosphere has changed, even if the circumstances have changed, you know, that super consciousness that he has, that's, or that, that, that ability to be tapped into what even the presiding one, you know, spoke to him about, it, it remains within him, you know, it's firm. He, it knows exactly the direction as he goes downward into, uh, into health. So, um, you know, in, in the steep descent, it says here that he's alone yet not alone. And that's one of my favorite, um, you know, pieces of, of the story here because, and I want to kind of ask you a little bit more about while he goes down, you know, he hears the silvery voice of the wisdom goddess Athena and then the strengthening words of Hermes. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of just stops there, you know, yeah. I, I would think that would kind of describe a little bit more of what he, um, what he's actually feeling and understanding and what he's hearing in order to continue having this affirmation that he's not only well uh, prepared, but also, you know, focused onto the task at hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and again, we have the trivium. We have the will. Um, we have Hermes, which is Mercury. So that's messenger of the gods. That's the communicator of the gods. That's going to be thought. And then Athena, the silvery notes, is our emotions, our intuitions. And so we really do. We have this thought, emotion, action, and this idea that we're always connected to this. Um you were never alone. Right. You know, and that's one of the major lessons that come from Capricorn is the idea that you were never alone. It was, it was part of the illusion. It was, you know, part of this illusion is separation. Right. But we're all connected. And you're connected and guided by an eternal flame that demands conscious re collective respect in the universe because it is the universe. And so we're, you know, as we look to merge into that, it's going to kind of provide even more strength and understanding, but ultimately guidance, you know, the idea of having thoughts from, you know, the highest 
level of consciousness that we can perceive. You know, having emotions that are tied to those thoughts, having actions in that pulls a synthesis of those together and expresses through us through form. This is what the sovereign individual is. This is what spirituality is. It's that connection to as I think, so I feel, so I act. And so we're really seeing this this understanding of we're not alone on this journey. Um, and there's this inner guidance that's going to provide support, comfort, and like grace through this ultimate downward, downward journey um, as we kind of make our way down into this labyrinth that we're going to find. Yeah, you know, this this always reminds me in, in us as, as people and individuals, you know, either, you know, going through the journey individually or as a collective that you forget about the tools that you've already acquired over the course of this this um, up and down, this roller coaster, these peaks and valleys. And sometimes it's hard, I think, to just take a look and pause for a moment. And there's a lot of pausing that goes on throughout these these tales where you need to know that you have everything that you need, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that that's one of the main things that even through alchemy in the seven stages, every time every, every journey you go on repeats itself through a portion of suffering, I think it's what makes it even more difficult is that you think I've been here already before. When's the part where I come up on top? When's the part when I summit the mountain? But there's also this longing for going back just a little bit to that period of suffering where you built character. Mm-hmm. You meet people along the, the the journey of life. I know this has been my experience with filming is that my favorite part is we're at the end point when I get to interview someone is that I'm like this character that you've created for yourself is fascinating because we've seen the end result. But I want to hear more about what it took to get there. And you can see right away the people kind of sort of clicking out of the glory of where they sit and having to go back into this dark period of going down. And you see it in uh, their faces. Either they don't want to go back because they're like, I was already there. Like I already made it through there. Or they're like, just easily can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me tell you about how I got kicked in the teeth. But then, you know, I made myself get back up and walk through this cold and lonely period to where you find us now. Mm -hmm. And I think that some people don't want to have to face that, but you're going to face it your whole life. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things the universe will gift you because it's so hard. (laughs) You know, you think, oh my God, like I thought I made it. I thought I came out of it. And the universe is like, no, the more I'm giving you, the the heavier it gets, the lighter you will become. There you go. You know what I mean? And I so love it's, that. It's, it's what I like about, you know, what we're unfolding here as we go down. So, um, yeah, anyways. no, man, the heavier the lessons get, the lighter you become. And that's yes. so true. And that's the lesson of Capricorn. So I, I love what you just said there, because that's, that's so perfect. And, you know, this... And we're going to learn through this to let go of what's heavy, you know, release the lead so we can rise up within the flames. Um, all the things we carry that we don't need to carry, you know, all the pain, the suffering, like, you know, the all of those aspects that is a product of form that we let to like strangle us in here and keep us here, keep right. us enchained. And so, you know, it's, and one of the things that kind of comes with this is, the chains of actually who we think our father is. And that's something that Capricorn is going to kind of bring out that we see in like Star Wars, we see in like Pinocchio, the idea of saving the father. Just like we had to save the image of Lucifer and understand what Lucifer truly was, 
it's a spiritual journey to actually learn who your spiritual father is. Mm. Because again, this will be something we can explore deeper in Gnosticism, but that universal consciousness isn't jealous, it isn't spiteful. It's it's a deeper source of life. And we, as a spiritual community, there's levels to the expressions of this cosmic mother and this cosmic father, right? And so we spoke about this with the emperor and the empress card. We have your mother, then we have mother earth, and then we have cosmic mother. And so even if we don't have a mother that nurtured us, we can see how mother nature nurtures us. And so we can see that connection to that mother energy that helps us connect to that cosmic mother. Well, the interesting thing about the father is if we don't have a father role to teach us that role, we actually look to society. Well, you know, we live in a day of age where society isn't the best example of character. Um, we don't live in a society of like maybe the prehistoric times of like those golden ages of like philosopher kings and queens that really truly created sovereign individuals, right? Our societies can be a little bit more toxic at this point and nihilistic, right? There's very much a disconnect from the collective. So if we don't have a father, we're not going to see that in our society. So there's a veil between the cosmic father. Mm. And this is actually how you heal any relationship with this archetype. If, if you did not have the role of the mother or the father in a healthy way, you climb the ladder to the higher expression to connect to what that archetype truly was. Because your, your personal father and mother were just a permutation and an emanation of this energy, but they, they might have not been a complete expression of it. Actually, none of us probably are. They they had their limitations, and so we have to connect to other archetypes to get the complete understanding of what the mother is. Well, the father is very mysterious because it's a far away. It's Saturn. It's limits. It's death. It's everything that's heavy, and so we blame the father for a lot, and we don't know the father, and we have to discover and actually save the father. And the only way we're going to do this is through the messenger of Hermes and the connection of our mother. So we actually meet that true father, which again will be something we really disclose in Gnosticism when we kind of speak about that. But the idea of the Demiurge, the Archons, and this idea that there's a, could be almost this like false god that we perceive as this, that's like the, you know, but it's not what the true father is. The true father loves you unconditionally. It loves you so much that it doesn't push itself on you. You create the pain. Right. You create the limitations. You're the one that's beating yourself up. It's not him. He, it's He's always like, my son, try again. My daughter, try again. Right. Like, I love you. Like, you're going to make your way back. You decide the timeline that collapses as when you make your way back. But it's not this, this energy. So we have to rescue even the image of the archetypal father through this, which is this the, the cosmic electro energy of life um, that we kind of speak about. You know, it's it's that it's that energy that gets housed by the feminine, and so you know this is this is what we're kind of looking at, and again, like that bleeding aspect. But as we kind of go deeper and deeper, we really listen to that voice because you know just like. Pinocchio has to save his father in the belly of the whale. We have to go to the belly of the beast to save this energy because it has been hijacked. Like right. our idea of creation and what God is 
has been totally manipulated um, through like exoteric religions and these kind of ideas. This idea that like it's this judgmental. No, it's this. It's it's just the universal life force. It's not this man in the clouds. It's it's the universal life. It's the OG. It's the original generator. Right. We have to connect to that, and that's what we're kind of working our way through. And so, um, you know, again, we can't stare at the the pure conscious light, but we can see its reflection, and that's what we're going to kind of use the feminine with Athena and these these ultimate guides on this ultimate journey. Oh, love it, man. Love it. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, having that, that understanding, that distinction about, you know, like how you talk about universal God, that's, that's very true as far as what we try to, you know, place into a container, you know, my God over your God. And I think that that's something that you'll see a lot through, um, you know, the things that we're going to speak about in, in regards to the schools of mystery, or even when we talk about Gnosticism and what it actually represents, you know, what this universal life force actually is that he carries through even in the darkest. The great presiding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so shall we continue downward? Downward to the river of sticks? Yeah. Crazy how he meets, you know, as it, I think it's Charon or Charon, mm-hmm. um, you know, forgive my pronunciation, but I like how there's, there's just not even a moment that, you know, pauses through that. I thought there was going to be a longer um, interaction between the man who takes these lost souls across the river for a toll and there's no toll. You know, I think he knows that this guy is just, he means business. You know, he's just like, he's getting to the other side Mm -hmm. with or without my permission, you know, uh, and I will take him there because he's so, um, you know, definite in, in, in his, not only his vibration and understanding of, of his energy, but also his, the discipline that we talking about that firm and affirmative um, position that he stands in. I think that just alone is its own toll for, you know, the man who will take you across the river of lost souls because the soul is not lost. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, you nailed it there. And that's, a, that's exactly what we're experiencing. And we can see this played out, um, in much more of a, a way that we can use it as instruction in Dante's Inferno with Virgil. Because in this situation, he doesn't want to cross Dante. He's like, no, he's a living soul. And Virgil's like, listen, you have no ground here. This is a this is Christ consciousness in form. You you are a lost soul. Like you, you're below. This is a hierarchy realm. And this is actually important as we move our way through the archetypal. You have to accept of what you are. You are Christ consciousness. Mm you know, experiencing life. So these demons, their chin needs to touch their chest when you're around. They need to squirrel into the corners. They bow to you. This is a hierarchy. You are the living and breathing creation. So these dead life forms, these lower vibration forms, do have to actually bend and move away from you. And we, even through, you know, Dante's journey, at some points he gets blocked and angels come and they're just like, you fools are fighting an endless fight. This is this is this is sent from the divine. This is beyond you, um, and it really gives us instruction of how we have to treat these archetypal energies. Because when you get to collective fears, they're going to try to connect to you in different kinds of ways. Like, yeah, you splurge yourself of your personal feels, fears, but when you move into the collective, this is what that demon aspect is, and angels are. And so you have to choose the vibration that you're going to be operating from and always be climbing that mountain of what you're, you know, transmitting out and pulling in. And so this this is the aspect of 
no, sh- show respect. Like, right. bow your head to me because I am this creation. And we have to accept this. This is, again, when the hero starts to do this. We even saw this in Star Wars with Luke as like when he becomes Return of the Jedi, he's able to walk through enemy places um, and they just bow their heads and move away from him. Like when he goes down to like Java the Hutt and he goes down to that cave, that lower demon kind of place, mm-hmm. they all just do what he says. He uses his Jedi mind tricks because it's it's the higher consciousness. And right. It's like something we kind of have to accept. And we didn't, we didn't have the currency that he would accept either because the currency is our pod right. that we were born into, right? So these gateways that we're talking about between cancer and Capricorn, between the mother and the father, right? These two gateways. Well, the moon is connected with sin. We were born from sin, which is the moon, hmm. right? Eden took the bite of the apple. Now, esoterically, we know what that truly means, not the not the um, exoteric version of it, but esoterically, we know what that apple truly means. Well, we were born into sin, right? And we, from born into sin, we took form. And by form, we had to separate the unified brain of consciousness into two hemispheres, right? With the left and the right, the separation. What we're trying to do through this whole process is reunify the two hemispheres of the brain, right? So we're, we're divided in form. Mm-hmm. We're, so we're born into sin. And we're born into our pods, right? This is why you have your Apple iPod, right? And then there's the I, which is the me, which is like the conscious light, right? Controlling the iPod. Well, the iPod, the pod that we live in, which is this form, breaks down to payable on death. It's what we give back to Saturn, what goes back into time. This is this is our currency for that lost soul. So that he still had consciousness in his body, he didn't have the currency that he could even accept to cross yeah. that river. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. And so, and that's what this pod is. Um, and this becomes part of that heaviness of, of this idea of death. But again, he still has life, so he's going to be able to emanate through that. Um, but the, the discipline in that realm and the direction he creates as doesn't, even, doesn't even let the demon have a say. No. This is what we have to do. Like this is what we kind of operate through. And it's it's kind of like protecting the neighborhood kind of thing. Like yeah. you run up on them demons and you get them out of there because it's it's not gonna be it's the collective pain. It's what we're trying to heal. Um and so again, we kind of go through healing processes as we go through to help like heal that collective pain, but to tap into it and to let it eat you, well, that's that can be just as damaging as personal pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm so glad you um, broke that down just because, I, again, this is just one of those moments when you are faced with the tale and it's so short and to the point, but there's a reason for that. It's like, what are you going to take from this? What are you going to understand on why he was able to cross over um, with with no fear without having you know, him bow his head to the demon and have it actually be the other way around and what this really means? Um, so really, thank you for that, man, because you know we talked about that with uh, in the matrix, you know, we talk about when Neo, you know, actually finally sees what it is and what it looks like. And even the agents can see that, you know, so they themselves for the first time 
have a, a look of fear on their faces. You know, they're like, mm -hmm. oh my God, he's reading and writing this whole code. You know, he mm -hmm. actually owns this code. Like we need to just sort of stand, stand away, you know? And even when they try to face him in the movie, The Matrix, that is, if you haven't seen it, um, go watch it so you understand what I'm saying or listen to the episode that we did on it. But, uh, you know, we'll always reference back to some of these, these long tales in the hero's journey. And, um, and so, yeah, we're, we're basically seeing that just as much with, with Hercules, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so as he, as he crosses over though, he still, again, carries through all the way up into, uh, facing Hades. He even comes across the spirit of Medusa. And, uh, I thought that was interesting how he, he faces Medusa, someone he's, you know, he knows of, of its, of its evil and its power, but he just realizes like, this is just nothing but, you know, thin air and, and just nothing that can really harm me, you know, even yeah. though he, he does stand guard against, um, the spirit that is there, but he still realizes like, what am I doing here? Like, this is just merely a small distraction to like where I'm still going, you know? Which is so much with that discipline of Capricorn, you know? Um, we're going to kind of talk about it in that second episode, but like Capricorn's connection with alligators and crocodiles. Oh, right. Not only Father Time and, you know, the role of Saturn as the boss, but the idea of like hunting, setting up traps, you know, not losing all of our energy because, you know, Virgo was very analytical and linear, but Virgo sometimes just stays busy to keep busy mm. where Capricorn is just like, no, you, this life is limited. The amount of heartbeats you have is limited. So you want to utilize your energy always in the best proper, proper direction, you know, no wasting time with Capricorn. And so that's exactly what we see. This isn't, this isn't the battle for today. Like, why am I going to get distracted? Exactly. How, and how often do that. we get pulled yeah. from the battle of not today? And we let ourselves get moved from what the objective was. And Capricorn sets it for, firm. Blueprints. If you, again, you know, when you read these books of like really highly like elite individuals, one of the things that they say that keeps them doing what they do is they're like, hey, we create blueprints and we follow them out. Like when we put something into consciousness is what we want to create, we make that happen, you know? And sometimes, you know, like the means can be very destructive, like the means can be aggressive, but right. we get the ends we want. Whether, you know, you think that's right or wrong, it's beyond the point. We're, we're blue bloods. We set the blueprints. And Capricorn teaches you that. It's like, hey, if you're going to do, if you're going to say something, you got to do it. You know, you got to follow through. You got to put these things through and you can't let these distractions, which are part of form, which we can probably say there's more distractions now. I mean, that's m truly what the modern individual struggle is. Right. It's, it's not so much for survival, it's for attention, you know? And we, I mean, you see it with these, what do they call it? The doom scroll with like TikTok and YouTube, yep. you know? And so much stuff, man. Like, again, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And one of the things I was thinking about recently was, this is complete side note, but... I mean, if you think about like how they use marketing and how they target us, isn't it kind of funny that there's all these like apps now that will do your like, which are really great that like you plug your natal chart information into. But if you ever thought about like, are they selling my natal chart information, like my birth time to like target all of us? Like, you know what I mean? Like huge, it would be a huge program if to be not. able to do that. But we're just like putting this information out there. Right. And again, I'll share mine. Like, I don't care. But like, it's just so interesting of like how direct this energy can kind of be to us. 
and how much distraction is like coming at us. And I think in deeper conscious ways, and I've got nothing against, you know, CoStar or Astro Matrix. I'm not saying they sell your, your information, but it's out there. Oh yeah. And these, I mean, these people are, have been known to be so aggressive right. on how they get data. That would be the ultimate data to get. And these people don't play around. You know, again, when we think about Capricorn, JP Morgan's quote, you know, millionaires don't believe in astrology, billionaires do. And this is very true. And I think Capricorn has a lot to do with earth magic and how magic is done in this reality. Um, and I would be very interested to see if that like is part of the influence. And that could be a stretch and that might be for the future. And maybe I gave those turd buckets an idea and I apologize about that. But either way, distraction is everywhere. Right. You know? No, this is the heaviest of, I think it's been with, you know, the idea of pulling you away from the initiate process, you know, separating from matter and going into soul, going to spirit, ascending. <laughs> you know, how will you ascend if everything you engage in are just anchors that bring you back right down? Exactly. And so that's, that's what's tough, you know? And I see it firsthand with... um you know, what I do in the physical realm here with my, uh, with, with other forms of creativity is that it's all about the bottom line with so many individuals. It's all about what part of you and your higher self can bring us people down to their lower selves in order for us to sell one thing or many things to them and continue being, um, successful in the form that, um, we're all in and then the limited time that we're here for. And it's just really sad because it makes me very conflicted. But I like that uh, going back to the idea of, you know, not wasting time and what are you going to do and following through with, with this idea is that's what, you know, initially should always matter. You know, there's always going to be the knockdown to form because as we breathe and as we walk and as we talk, we are still embodied into this form or we're still into this other level of consciousness. The, the, the thing that to, I think to take away from all this is having to learn how to separate and not just embody the body itself already. Mm -hmm. It's like you already are in form. You already are in the five sense reality. Your job here, in my opinion, or in my uh, you know, walk through life is to understand how to separate and how to have that worth that is above this physical form, not being reattached to it, you know, more than you already are, already are. And that's what you see here with, with Hercules is that he's already separated himself um, from that form. But with the separation comes a complete understanding of what the, the higher level of consciousness truly is and what it really represents and how powerful it can be once it's separated and so um yeah i think what you just said i mean even if you gave you know anybody these ideas i think you are now more than ever going to be tempted to um you know be swayed by multiple like a multitude it's not just a couple of channels on a, on a tv on the boob tube here it's not a couple of brands it's not just you know three four different networks that run you know things uh to a point where you're like i can just turn that off or I, it, it's everywhere it's yeah. every single time you you know look right left up down they're 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 surrounding it um at every given moment and it's going to be up to you to really understand the separation i think and so these ancient uh you know, giants that left us so much information, you know, there's a reason why we all gravitated to, to this, you know, it's even crazy to see just like the amount of people who want to, you know, be spiritually engaged who never were before. And I think it's because we're coming across this in, in, 
extreme duality between the form and then the non-form that, and we want to know which way should I gravitate because one of them is very tasteless and fruitless. And one of them, I think there's something to, to feel for and something to taste for, but I'm not there yet. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. It's as bad as the things can be right now. It's still tempting us just like Capricorn to be like in the darkest hour, you will want to find light. And I think that that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, and there's one thing when you like are, you know, reflecting on your grass and you're like, well, the grass is really green in my yard. And then you realize that you've fertilized it and bullshit. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, this is all bullshit, you know. And so that's that's part of this process of the hierarchy of the lens we perceive this experience through. That's Capricorn's not going to say that everything is equal. It's going to say that there is discipline is higher than lazy, you know, being lethargic, like moving, making actions happen, fulfilling desires in a proper way. Capricorn sees that as honorable and it sees things as honorable. You know, it's tradition in that way. And the universe is based off of that. And we have to kind of understand and align to that or be stuck in the lower vibrations. And that's fine too. If you want to play in the mud, go play in the playpen. You know, if you want to drink sand, bottoms up. You know, we always look at that kind of thing. It's your choice. Again, that universal life choice loves you so much that it gives you free will. And, you know, that's that's what we're kind of doing on our boats with our oars. You know, am I going to do this or that, you know? And so that's that's what we're we're kind of looking at. And so, yeah, that, that ability to, you know, look beyond the distractions so we can actually see the labyrinth, so we can actually right. see what we are supposed to discover. Because that's one of the big problems is not only they keep so distracted, people don't even know what they're being distracted from, which is themselves, which is their higher consciousness, yes. which is, you know, this universal life force that we're all begging to get to know, but we don't even know what we're looking for, yeah. you know? Um, it's kind of interesting, like when you kind of get into this kind of energy, like with Saturn, you kind of get into keys and like locks, things that are locked away and like heaviness, things that we don't let go. And, you know, it it has kind of a connection with the another astrological symbol of Chiron. And Chiron's represented as a key. And what's interesting with like Chiron is not only do you have to forge the key, you actually have to find what's even locked in the dark, you know, and that's also what this Saturn kind of can kind of represent is that the heaviness of even of the distractions of our past, you know, and the denial of that labyrinth, because what's going to end up happening is we, we knock on all these doors on the spiritual journey and the final door you knock on, you hear the knock and the final door is you. And you actually, you knock on it and you're like, what's behind this door? And you hear the knock, you are the knocker. And it's this connection of like, I was looking for myself the entire time. Yeah. And that's what we're kind of perceiving through this and kind of like working our way through. So we we find the labyrinth, right? Which is labyrinths are different than mazes. Labyrinth, you're trying to make it to the middle, right? And there's usually like one path to kind of get to the middle where a maze is getting from one side to the other. We're trying to find the core here. And so that's that's going to be the spiritual significance of the labyrinth, how you're kind of trying to get to that center point. Mm. Kind of like what we talked about with like the zodiac wheel, trying to get into the middle so you illuminate the whole thing. Right. Right. And so we do, we kind of travel through this this labyrinth um, to make our way to the master of disaster. The master of Hades. Disaster. Yeah. Well, you know, when he, he faces Hades, I like that. Um, and some of the. 
and some of the the writings uh, aside from the um the labor itself there's this idea of the purification that he has to go through in order mm-hmm. to face Hades and i thought that was very uh key but i think we kind of already spoke about that you know we've talked about what that purification sort of represents what it means to sort of you know uh because it it doesn't describe it and i like that you know it's said here in in the tale that um you know the process of purification that we're not told but have the idea that he had to demonstrate freedom from irritability and selfishness in the uninteresting circle where he was living as a human being. And I like how it says here that, you know, um, in initiation, you cannot live purely in your own home circle. Um, you know, you are no use in heaven or in hell, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I am but we kind of, like I said, we already sort of in a very lengthy way talked about what that purification represents and you can feel it when he speaks to Hades, there's no, hesitation there's no necessarily uh, a skip of the beat where he sort of um finds himself scared or unsure of his reasons to being in the kingdom that he rules and even hades himself is kind of like what are you doing here mm-hmm. you know he's not like ha like i have you in where i want you or I have you cornered he's just kind of like what are you even what do you even want you know mm-hmm. and he's just like well what i want is you know something that's going to overarch or go over you completely it has nothing to do with me facing you it has to do with the task at hand which is liberating prometheus and mm-hmm. so that's when hades sort of decides to give him um you know a, a little bit of a of a pushback you know by telling him what he must complete in order to have the trade off which again hercules is totally fine taking on he's like Oh, you have a three-headed dog named Severus you want me to take on? He's like, show me. Mm-hmm. Show me where the dog is and um, show me where this beast lays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to go too far ahead. No, no. I think that's I think that's perfect. And this this showdown with Hades, we do. We see this this confidence in this statue that has been formed, this foundation. You know, that's what we're looking at in Capricorn is a structure. Capricorn is the celebration that we have roots so we don't break we can bend with the wind just like a strong tree you know and it kind of connects us to that kind of energy right um and we're we're really dealing and i love that you brought up that purification again and as the students of like the esoteric you know we make that correspondence of what purifies the liver so we go back up to those correspondences right. of the story remember they're always dropping breadcrumbs through these stories of like well what well, where, where did we talk about purification? Well, what's the body point that purifies? You know, what what did we kind of talk about what vultures kind of do to the circle of life? Um, they kind of help with that process. And so, um, you know, fascinating that we see this, but, you know, we do have to, because this is the idea of Capricorn and this is initiation, this is also the confidence in meeting Hades and the idea of meeting death. And, confidence if we spend our time correctly here there's nothing to fear in death mm. this is the idea spiritually we start to lie like with death almost in the back seat of like this respect and this more of this if we honor our time you know our perception of time in this reality we've got nothing to fear in death um and so we can approach hades with our chin up, mm. right? We're not looking down like the demons need to. Like we look up and we meet the eye contact because again, we are the living and breathing Christ. And so, you know, we, it's our birthright to be in hell and it's our birthright to get out of hell. Yes. And you're not standing in the way of that. Right. And Hades knows that as well, yeah. but he's going to test us, you know, because Saturn is the teacher. Totally. So, 
oh, you want to you want to f- free Prometheus? You want to fear the spirit of fire that is encapsulated and imprisoned in all of us? It's like okay, well, like how do you fare against this three headed beast? Absolutely, you know, and and the three headed beast that that he faces, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot to be to. to break down with the three heads but you know again back to straight into the point you know you have these three different sides to um the temptations we have to go through um on this journey on the physical realm that is and hades knows that and and hades knows like will you be able to decipher which one you must um you know conquer because although it's all within one beast you know three different sides to um to one uh to one giant temptation, how are you going to conquer all three at once? And so I like how he talks about, you know, the desire is the center of the, of the center head. You know, you have, um, the, uh, the third, uh, or the, or the second one being good intentions and then the, um, sensa- sensation. Yes. And so we all know about this. We've talked about this in, in, you know, at length again with the temptations on, on the physical form and the physical realm that we must overcome. But I like that here they, they talk about, you know, it's long been said that hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's a very, very telling way of, of understanding what this um, unfoldment for our hero might might be in regards to how he can be swayed one way or another. But he, he doesn't, though. Obviously, he goes right to the very center of the center head. You know, he understands, like... Although my intentions are good and free and Prometheus, although my intentions are are good and and um and wanting to to free this individual, like before we even move ahead, I'm gonna go straight and right to the very center and taking on um desire. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Cause he does have this desire to, you know, to conquer and divide, but you know, he has to sort of come face to face with it and have a, uh, a better understanding that I have a strangle on this. You know, I have a, a grip on it, a grip so tight that I'll let desire dwindle down to nothing, you know? Well, yeah. And desire is everything because right. desire is the driving force of life, you know? And so again, this is like the hierarchy of where our desires come from. But when we're dealing with Capricorn and the 10th sign foundations, we're dealing with principles and like, the lowest common denominator. So right. where is the source of where everything's going to come out of? We, we have to get to the causality. The causality in this situation between sensation and good intentions is the desire. That's the root. That's what everything's going to spring out of. Mm. Remember, we're going to the source. We're not going to the light. We're going to where the light comes from. And that's what the desire energy is. Our controlling desire is undes- like it's it's undeniable. But where your desires are and how you fulfill those desires, that's the free will decision. You know, you could have these good intentions of these desires, but if we don't have them under control or we desire to give ourselves too much to good intentions and we give ourselves in service of others and forget about ourselves, well, that's our own personal hell that we've created there. If we go the other way of just personal sensation, well, that's another hell as well. And so we really do kind of find, like you said, the center point. Well, what was the labyrinth? Finding the center all about the, doing the center, coming to that core, getting to the source, Saturn, you know, the black sun. This is what we're kind of looking at. The foundation, that OG energy, the source of all life comes from that, the seed of life. Right. And so that's what this is going to kind of represent. So yeah, I love that desire is what's looked at. And, you know, we, we've spoken about desires and drives in the past, but really 
digging down to the, the, the chemical drip of desires and how they do have to kind of be fulfilled. Um, and our expression is where that choice kind of comes from. We don't really have a choice in the kind of desires we have, um, but we have a choice in how we express them and what level we express those through. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Sorry. I'm just like staring into, into, uh, into the abyss as you're talking about that. Daniel just looks right over at me. Like you got something to say right now to that. I'm just like mesmerized because it's, it's so true though, man. Like I think that, um, you know, we, like I said, we've talked at length about desires, but desires is the driving force, you know, and, and back to this separation between form and spirit, you know, you need desire in order to, you know, ascend because it's going to motivate you. It's kind of like what we've talked about between the ego, you know, the ego isn't necessarily bad. The ego is what drives you. It's what makes you survive. It's what makes you take on the day, but it's when it, you know, overcomes you that, you know, you get lost in, in, in hell. Basically you get lost in a very lower self, a lower side of yourself, I should say. And that's what this, you know, the center head of Severus really represents. It's, you know, having, the strength to knowing how to not only control it, but even dwindle it down to nothing, you know? Um, and that's what he does, you know, he prevails over that. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, grasping Severus, Severus, um, you know, uh, is defeated and now he's able to move on to, um, rescuing or saving Prometheus. But is there something else you want to say about the three headed dog with the other two? No, I mean, I think other than, I think, you know, desire is going to be something we look into defining more and drives um, and how we utilize this information, because right. that's also what the 10th house teaches us in Capricorn in this 10th labor, is the utilization of all of our spiritual wisdom, you know, putting it into action, not just, oh, this sounds nice and this feels good, but actually, how do I apply this to my life and live the spiritual life? Right. And we're learning that application through this. And so it's, it's great to see the hero and realize again, that that hero is us. And when we do, when we, we master desire, we were able to approach Paritius and, and break the chains and the suffering, you know, and releasing that suffering because we've changed our desires. We've changed our attachment. It's the desire to even hold on to things, you know, it's, we carry so many, we make it so heavy for ourselves. And it's always asking for us to release. Like, you know, this this is the idea, like, hey, the past is dead. Like, you might need to cry about something. You might need to experience it, but we need to let it go. You know, they're, that relationship's not coming back. That person might not physically be coming right. back. You know, that job opportunity might not be there. Like, all of the things that come with form and we have to kind of change the desire of like, well, why are we here? Right. You know, and that's what's going to kind of connect us to what is eternal, which is that flame that burns inside of us. You know, yep. it's, we go further and further to realize that, you know, it all goes back in the box and we're all trying to figure out, well, what stays? Yeah. And, you know, Capricorn shows us how we, how we learn what stays. And Absolutely. Like that wisdom that comes with guiding that. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it again, the, the most important lesson that I've ever experienced um, while here is, you know, it, it's very frustrating for sure to be told that before this, we'll call it a hot air balloon. We've used this analogy multiple times, but this, this hot air balloon escapes and just disappears up into the ether. You must, you know, walk and gather this heavy lead to anchor it down, but it, you need to gather and, 
and and pull in this 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 weight in order to ground the vessel that you need to climb into but then you have to be okay with i know that it took a long time to gather this lead i know it took a lot of energy to carry these lead bags that anchor down this hot air balloon but once you're inside it's okay to let them go and i mm -hmm. think that one of the the hardest things for at least me is that you collect those you're like no i have a story for every one of those sandbags mm -hmm. i have a story for every one of those those lead bags like no you don't understand like i had to basically go through so much in order to get that bag and that and it's like okay i i get it but this is what's going to keep you here. Like, what's the point of you throwing them all in the basket with mm -hmm. you? You're not going to fly out of here with them. You need to let them go. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that people need to have an understanding, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your friendships, your circle of friends, whether it's in, in the workforce that you're in, that we're all going through that battle. We all want to collect those lead bags. We all, all want to keep that weight on because we did have to go through some sort of tribulation to acquire them. But the acquiring of them is just one step and then once you let go, then you'll know what they really were meant to, to, to be for. And I think that that's what our hero here already has a complete mm -hmm. understanding of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, as we go through the spiritual journey, the the lead gets heavier. You know, when Frodo was going through the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings is, is Saturn, right? right? The Lord of the Rings. His ring gets heavier as he goes on the journey, as he climbs the spiritual mountain. Oh, yeah. It, the ring gets heavier and denser, and what our attachments get heavier and denser as we approach, you know, spiritual unfoldment, because it's coming into our attention of like you can't continue without letting this go, right? And healing this, and this is what we're being instructed to do, and you know, the strength and the fortitude to keep going, you know, that idea of like I didn't hear no bell, that's Capricorn, you know what I mean, and. It is, it's it's one of the most mysterious, if, you know, one of the most mysterious signs, one of the most overlooked signs. Yeah. And there's so much, even like next week when we talk about the sigil, like, we don't know if we've ever even seen the complete the sigil of Capricorn, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it might be too much for us to process because it's right. the signature of God. And this is your signature of God, of this, this perceived separation that we're experiencing. Um, but the journey is... Uh, is getting excited. We're moving more again from the me in here to the me out there. And now we're really going to the us out in there. Under. Right. So it's going from like, you know, we met ourselves in relationships as like the me out there. But now as we go from the 10th, the 11th and the 12th, we really meet the us in here and we meet the collective and we see our, our driving purpose is to actually assist the collective. And that's also this big sacrifice that kind of comes. And it's something that, we all have to do with that Capricorn energy because we can sacrifice ourselves too much and be of service to others and actually like, you know, negate our own personal path. And so again, all of those things of balance cycles and patterns, nurturing that we've learned in the past, we don't forget those lessons. Right. They're all part of the spiritual tool belt as we kind of make this way sure footed and as confident as we can as the mountain goat to go from the scapegoat of what we blame our life on to, you know, the sacred goat that represents the initiation that we're moving towards in our next conversation. Oh, I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. Well, um, I know there was a lot there, so I'm going to go ahead and just say until next time. Yeah. You know what? I just wanted to bring up one thing. Isn't it kind of funny, though, that like Saturn, Father in Time, because we... 
we were planning on doing this before, but it was the morning that it was still Sagittarius. And it was almost like Saturn being like, you wait for me. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not Capricorn. We tried. Yeah. You're waiting for me. We attempted to record this several times and, and both of us were just in different spaces and, you know, but I'm glad that we got to this point, you know, I'm glad that this is how it needed to be. And I think that's how it's, you know, always going to um, present itself. You know what I mean? You don't want to skip over it. You know, you don't want to neglect, you know, and like you just said, father time is just like, no, yeah, not yet. I'm the boss, you know, and one of the cool things about, you know, um, just like with like Leo, how the esoteric was the sun, the sun, same thing with Capricorn. It's Saturn, Saturn, like nobody, Saturn's not going to let anybody play a second fiddle to it. You know, it doesn't yeah. play second fiddle to anybody. And Saturn is going to teach us the importance because he's just like, you can't have the play without the stage. Yeah. And, you know, I set the stage. So we will meet the stage creator and uh, continue this journey into finding father. Finding father. <laughs> well, um, you know I, know, I know I was trying to sign off earlier, but I did want to say we won't talk about part two until after the holiday. So you have yourself a good holiday. And to all the listeners out there, I hope that this episode, you know, carries with you deep inside as far as knowing that you're not alone. You know, we're all alone together. And so it's okay, uh, you know, appreciate everything that, you know, the journey has taken us th- thus far through and uh, just know that we'll, we'll come back here very soon, very shortly. So um, yeah, that's all I have to say, man. Thanks no. to everybody out there. So grateful for each and every one of you. So grateful for you, grateful my for dear, you, dear friend. And um, yeah, you know, excited um, for this, this winter solstice that we're in that's and, right. you know, as we make our way through, but uh, yeah, all love. All love, man. Well, until next time, then. Until next time. That was good, man. Good deal, man. There. Check, check, check. Check, check. We're making pancakes. Pancakes. All right. Yeah, we're working out, man. Okay. Oh, stop Good this. deal. Good deal. Well, let's go get some coal fit. Let's do it. That's <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll edit any of this. Out. Perfect, perfect. Um, but we're getting recorded and everything? We're getting recorded, man. Wow. I know. Let's make a song. I'll beatbox. You'll be beatbox. <laughs> Cool, my man. You ready? I'm ready.